Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it's your boy John Lee. And Jack Coughlin. And welcome to another emergency episode of Courtside Eclipse Nation podcast. Uh, today we got a loaded episode for you. We're going to be talking about the recent trade between the Clippers and the Portland Trailblazers, Marcus Morse's recent Twitter activity, the euphoric Laker game, and Ty Lue's quote in the post game after that Laker game about Kawhi possibly not coming back. But it's going to be a fun episode. We're going to give you guys a lot of good content. Jackie, ready to get into it? I'm born ready, baby. All right, let's do it. Woj gave us a little bomb this morning, afternoon, morning. I don't remember. But the Clippers announced that they are acquiring Norman Powell and Robert Covington in exchange for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second-round pick via the Detroit Pistons from the Portland Trailblazers in a move that I think I don't know how many trades I've seen where all the Clipper fans were happy, but this was definitely one of those. Uh, It's just really great to see that they're getting a guy who averages 19 a game uh, that shoots 40% from three. can play both ends a long defender. He's only six, four, but he's stout. He's part of that Toronto championship run, pretty crucial to them. Um, and Robert Covington, who could play three through five. Uh, he hasn't had the best year, but he. I'm hoping that Ty Lue could rejuvenate him like he's done with Batum. And, man, it would, that's just a great trade all around. It does put the Clippers down a point guard, but there's definitely going to be another move, I believe, I think the whole fan base believes uh jack initial thoughts on that trade oh that trade really came out of nowhere i was just watching some tiktok and all of a sudden i see the woge tweet and it was scary because at first all i could see was like the clippers are trading bledsoe and immediately i click on it and like that split second of when it's loading onto twitter and i can't, i'm just thinking like who could it be who could it be who could it be is it is it john wall is it this is it that is it? i have no idea my brain was going everywhere And I see we got Norman Powell and Robert Covington. And it was pretty much, I felt like it was a W right away. And then, you know, a lot of people on Twitter agreeing with that. Yeah, it felt like we we really hit it out the park with this one. Uh, You know, getting rid of Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and then the second round pick. Bledsoe and Winslow, they'd been pretty good for us lately. Keon Johnson had some some solid, solid spots as a rookie. But, you know, obviously Clippers are in win-now mode. And they'd much prefer having Brandon Boston around. So I'm glad we got to keep Boston. And I'm also glad we got to keep a first round pick. We didn't give up a first round pick. We didn't give up Brandon Boston. We didn't give up like a Canard, a T-Man, a Marcus Morris, someone really key to our future. So I really think the Clippers did a good job with this one. Norman Powell, he's on contract for the next four years too. 
And then Covington is an unrestricted free agent after this year. So Clippers can try to, you know, see what they want to do with that, whether it's keep him, get rid of him. But I think Norman Powell is going to be a great addition, especially when Kawhi and PG come back, score alongside them, can drive really athletic, can shoot, can hit the mid-range, can just be an ISO scorer. Like, he can defend well. He, he's just a great pickup. I feel like Clippers front office, they, they usually – they usually hit on trades. Sometimes the trade isn't the best, like the Rondo trade at the deadline last year. But this one, it's hard to see uh, turning out to be a miss. This this feels like a home run for the Clippers. Yeah, and uh, the thing you noted about not having to give up Boston, I can't believe that they didn't get Boston out of that. Because just yeah, those, I, I bet they tried to. It's it's weird though because it doesn't seem like Portland's in a win now mode, and then they're getting. Eric Bledsoe, who's non-guaranteed next year, uh, Winslow, uh, both win now guys, and then Keon. I I can understand it. That's a first-round pick, uh, highest vertical in combine history, has potential uh, defensively. If they're taking a flyer on him. Get it? Because he can fly. Because he's got a high vertical. Taking anyway. a flyer. You know? Anyway. Um. But yeah, that's insane that they didn't get Brandon Boston out of it. I mean, you can get the second. You do get the second-round pick, but. Bomber will just buy into the second round, or should I say Bomber and the front office buy into the second round. So I usually don't feel bad when they trade second rounders. And plus, I believe that is part of the four that they acquired in the Canard trade for Shamit, uh, which was also kind of a fleece in comparison to this one. <laughs> that's but, very true. That's an under like I still can't believe we, we pulled that off. Yeah, but I think. This move right now is so exciting because this is a 19-point-per-game score. This is a guy who gets to the free throw line about five times a game. This is a guy that scores three levels and gives you defensive versatility. So I'm just thinking of a lineup right now, and just think about who's on the bench. It's uh, Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, and then Nico Batum, Marcus Morris, and then take your pick at uh, Zubats or Hardenstein, or if you want to go small instead of Hardenstein, you can go Coffee or Man or Canard. It, it just makes them so deep. And then it kind of, when I thought about that, I initially thought, wow, when a lot of, of these guys come back, I think Terrence Mann's going to lose a spot in the rotation. And with the way Luke's playing, it kind of makes sense. But that that's going to be tough. I mean, there's still moves to be made. Um, I believe they are going to get a point guard. You and I both agree they'll, they'll probably go after a point guard, but also this move opens up a roster spot so they can convert Amir Coffey's two-way into an actual contract, which is much deserved. I think everyone wants to see that as well. But um, what other moves do you think that the Clippers are going to potentially make between now and the deadline next Thursday? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously guaranteeing Amir Coffey's contract would be great. He's just been unreal for the Clippers this year, especially with them being undermanned. And I do think they'll look for a point guard. Obviously, you know, we saw the report from, from I believe it was Mark Stein talking about how the Clippers are still looking for that point guard. And, you know, we, a lot of Twitter jokes like the, the old, oh, Clippers need a playmaker. Let's go get Rondo. You know, the jokes like that. But now that we actually traded our backup point guard, probably will be looking for another one. And Bledsoe was good for us, though. I mean, he had that game against the Nets where we were undermanned. And he had 27 points, 8 of 12 from the field, 3 steals, 2 blocks to lead that comeback when we had, like, nobody playing against KD and Harden. So, I mean, he was still a good backup point guard. It's not like 
we just gave them scraps, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what blaze blazers probably won't be using them. Uh, be it Bledsoe and Winslow probably more focused on Keon Johnson in the second rounder. But yeah, I think we could still look for that backup point guard spot. I think that's going to be the main thing we'll be looking for. Cause now we, we just, we don't have one. And it's kind of funny because last year we had way too many point guards with like Beverly and Rondo and Reggie and all that. So now we kind of, kind of need a point guard. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have a plethora of wings. Uh, I tweeted. Absolutely. This, yeah. yeah. I, I tweeted this earlier that if this, if they keep these wings and into next season, they could have wings of Kawhi, PG, Amir Coffey, Nico Batum, Marcus Morris, Powell, Covington, Mann. And then Kennard's in there too, but he's not like huge, but he's still a good offensive wing. That's honestly insane. And it kind of makes me think that I don't know if you need necessarily a point guard to close in the playoffs if you're going to go small, because with how much Kawhi and PG handle the ball, they could just bring it up, initiate the offense. Uh, Pal could bring it up, but it's I, I think this season and last season also showed us that PG can handle some of the playmaking responsibilities, even though he does have his turnover blips every now and then. I, I'm just excited for the wings and also shout out to Bledsoe and Winslow. I thought that uh, Bledsoe, especially I thought in the first half of the Laker game, we'll get into that later. He played pretty well. And uh, the Nets game, you noted. And then Winslow, it seemed like he was getting his rhythm back coming off injury uh, from the last season. He, he seemed like he was really enjoying playing with this team and that second unit was rolling. So shout out to them. I have a bunch of, justice winslow dancing videos with different songs in the background and i can't use them now so i'm kind of sad <laughs> rest in peace to those videos yeah god bro so many bangers <laughs> i had i was so one night i just made like five and now god i guess we'll just wait for the return game or when they play each other in the play-in who knows but i do agree with you on the fact that they're gonna look after a backup point guard and let's uh, go into what we saw on Twitter recently, because you and I both are yeah, on and Twitter then, a lot. Yeah, and then just one more thing from, oh, yeah, the, go ahead. from the Blazers standpoint. It's pretty ridiculous when you see, you know, you kind of go back to what they've done. They turned Gary Trent Jr., who just had like five straight 30 oh my games God. five plus threes. Yeah. He's just balling right now on the Raptors. Gary Trent Jr., Rodney Hood, Trevor Ariza, and two first-round picks turned into Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a second-round pick. That's that's rough for them. That's very, very rough. That Trent trade, I think, I mean, especially it looks bad now, but, like, mm-hmm. he is hoping. Like, I watched okay. one of his uh, one of the games, I believe it was against Miami, but he he's shooting off the dribble, contested threes. He's taking it to the rack. Um, snatchback, mid-range. He... He can play. I remember his rookie year when they're in the bubble. I believe it was his rookie year. He got into it with PG and he was, he's a, he was a shooter and he got into it on defense. He would compete. He was a good player. Now he he's getting that opportunity to shine. Um, Norman Powell, when he left Toronto to go to Portland, he got his opportunity to shine. He was kind of playing out of position. He was playing the three at six, four, which is just weird uh, for Portland. They, I think they finally got Nasir Little that can kind of play that spot. But, yeah, I don't know about Portland, mm-hmm. 
but we know one thing: Dame ain't running from that grind. So, yeah, that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. And then also, this also makes the Clippers trade, the Beverly trade we did in the offseason with Beverly Otour and Rondo for Bledsoe. It had a lot, a lot of backlash. It. Yeah. It's, yeah, it kind of justifies it. We get Norman Powell and, and Covington out of it. So, yeah, it kind of worked out. Now Clipper fans can, can be more at peace with that trade. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020. I think, I think that's the correct way to use that term. But that, um, no, right. I, don't, I don't think it is. Actually, but, that's another podcast for another day. No. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Marcus Morris. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so recently, Marcus Morris. Well, we'll start with this. Last year, around the trade deadline, Marcus Morris tweeted um, something about. Oh my gosh! Should have pulled it up. But it's something about uh, how business is business. Got to prepare, John. You got to yes. prepare. I know, brother. But. Anyway, he said, like, business is business. Don't take it personal. Something on those lines. And it was around the trade deadline. And I'm not going to lie. I freaked out back then. But now, now what his recent activity is kind of making me think, I think he might be gone. Yesterday, he tweeted the eye emojis. His brother, Markeith Morris from the Miami Heat, quote tweeted it with more eye emojis. And then today, on his likes, uh, he liked a response to one of his tweets from Twitter user Tony Heat 22 He said, you going to Miami to join your twin? And I don't, I'm no expert at these things, but that kind of indicates that a guy is maybe on his way out. We know how tight-knit this Clipper group is. We don't hear too much about guys wanting to go out. We did have that surge thing uh, when that, I believe it was 213 Clips that tweeted that uh, he liked something that said that he's gone by the deadline or by December 15th. But, God, just a wild day on Twitter in terms of the Woj bomb to that right after a great performance by him in the Laker game. What do you, what do you think? Am I am I freaking out too much? Is is he is he on his way out for a point guard or what do you think? He's trolling. He's just trolling. I I hope, but yeah, he's got to be trolling. He did it last year. Nothing happened. You know, he's doing it this year with the eye emojis. It's a huge meme. You know, yeah, like you said with Surge, like he liked that tweet and then nothing happened too. So I don't know. Maybe his finger slipped. Maybe he just wants to troll. But yeah, dude, like you said, there could there could be some. You know, maybe he feels he might be going to Miami, but. I don't think I don't think it's anything too much to look into. And if he does get traded to Miami, I'll eat my words. But I think he's just trolling, having some having some Twitter fun. You want to know a secret? What's what's the secret? I think you're a fool. I think Ooh. that I th- <laughs> I think that I don't know if his agent or someone in the front office informed that they're shopping him. I don't know if he saw the reports. Uh, that said that he's available, but I think that he sees the writing on the wall that he could be out and he sees this loaded roster full of wings and that, and that they got another 19 point per game score that uh, can pick up the scoring slack that he would leave if he were to get uh, traded away. And he sees that he might be out, but so who do you think we could get back from Miami? That's what I'm like thinking. A- 
a Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent kind of package. You know, we get the point guard, match the contract with a young player. I don't know. That's the thing, though. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be Miami exactly. I think he just would. The thing is, you're right. He could be trolling. He could just be entertaining the fact that, hey, if I am, if they are shopping me, I would I would like to go be with my brother on Miami, a good team, good culture. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily Miami, but it could be. And if you do go to Miami, I think I saw someone tweet that Serge and his contract and Marcus Morris's contract lineup with Kyle Lowry. I don't know if Lowry is available, but that could be interesting. I could see him going after Schroeder, even though he's on a much less contract. Uh, they can get something else out of that. Um, I could see them going. I can actually see Schroeder. Yeah, I, I can't see Marcus Morris for Schroeder. That might be more of like a surge kind of package if we're getting Schroeder, but. I could see Schroeder off the bench. I'm a little nervous that it could be, you know, it could be kind of Lou Willish. And we saw, you know, that wasn't the best move, but it, I could see him getting, he could give us some, some valuable minutes off the bench maybe. Yeah. I, that. And then I think, I think the Dinwiddie smoke is there, but yeah, we don't see these things like, uh, we yeah, that's the, the thing. We, this, we everyone kind of forgot this morning about how the Clippers just move in silence and then boom, a trade for a player we had we had had no connections to at all. It just happens. Was there was there like any indication that they were going to go after? Because because everyone was saying point guard, point guard, mm-hmm. um, and some people were saying CJ McCollum, but not no. I don't, I don't remember ever seeing like a Norman Powell connection. I saw ever. CJ. I saw CJ McCollum. I saw De'Aaron Fox, Spencer Dinwiddie back. Uh, back in December, uh, I put up a trade proposal of Brandon Boston and uh Bledsoe for Buddy Hill that no one liked. I didn't make the trade. I disagreed with it. I'm not sorry, <laughs> but that I that that was discussed. The closest thing for a two guard, but yeah, what what a trade! This front office is as tight lipped as it they come. You just don't know what's gonna happen, and I don't think we should predict what's gonna happen. I don't know which point guard I would like. Lowry would be the dream for me. I don't know how likely that is. Um, yeah, that might be tough. I don't know if I don't know if Miami's gonna gonna be willing to move him. Yeah, I and mean, he's kind of he's kind of getting up there in age. He takes a beating too when he plays. He takes. Uh, he's one of the best charge takers in the league. He, uh, catch, once he catches, he goes downhill hard. He he goes uh, at the rim. He's just a good fit, though, and especially with Kawhi's mission to assemble the Toronto Raptors in SoCal. It would be perfect. We got Kawhi. Yeah, we really are taking all the Raptors. Yeah, Kawhi. It's really, it's really funny Powell, why we keep doing it. Serge Ibaka. I think Jeremy Castleberry, the assistant coach, was also with them when they were there. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think Schroeder would be the best contract-wise because he has the least amount of salary uh, between Dinwiddie and Lowry. But we'll see. I don't know. It depends how much they want Reggie to close. And I think you can close with Reggie. But I don't know. I'm done trying to. Yeah, that's the thing we see with Ty Lue. Like, it's kind of like the closing lineup we have. It just depends on how the game's going and the team we're playing. There's not just like one lineup like, yeah, we're closing with that every single game we're gonna close with that like no tyler will change it up he closed with jay scrub against the wizards and we ended up winning like he'll he'll close with whoever is rolling that game 
Um, also, you know, some people were talking about Goran Dragic on the Raptors. If we really want to get another Raptor, um, so yeah, we, yeah, like you said, you know, it's just it's going to be some random player that we had no connections to, and it's going to happen like right in the morning or right in at night or in the middle of the night or something like that. So get your woge and your shams notifications on. That's I all I'm gonna say. I just know when I'm in the middle of like working to try to get this podcast out and the write-ups done that there's going to be a trade and this is just going to make this episode look stupid. So we'll try our best to get this out as soon as possible. But yeah, that's going to be interesting. I don't want Marcus Morris to be gone. I love Marcus Morris. I think he provides uh, a post mid to low post presence. Uh, he's one of the only players that can get a shot up, especially without PG and Kawhi. He's a good three-point shooter, good mid-range shooter. He showed that he can fade either way. He he had a great game against the Lakers. Uh, again, we're going to get into that in a bit, but I'd be sad to see him go. That's that's going to be a tough one for me, but I, I guess it is business is business. And if it's the for the betterment of the team, and now you have this loaded plethora of wings, I, I can see why you can get rid of him. So we'll see how it goes. Um, anything else you want to add on the Clippers trade front? Um, I mean, I trust our front office. We usually we usually hit these usually hit the trades out the park. So I think we'd only give up a Marcus Morris or like a Kennard or something like that. I feel like we're only gonna do it if it really if we win it, if we're if it's worth our while to, to get rid of him. Cause the front office knows the value in Marcus Morris and Kennard and whoever. So they're, I feel like they'll make the right call. They, they are, they do do this professionally. They get paid to do it. So I trust them. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. Uh, anyway, let's take a quick break. And then after that, we're going to discuss the Laker game and then Tyloo's comments about Kawhi possibly not returning this season. All right. And we're back. And, Let's get into another banger of a Lakers-Clippers Battle of LA hallway series regular season game that occurred last night, Thursday, February 3rd. Um, It's almost like the basketball god said you will never get a playoff series, but we will just give you good regular season games. And even though the best players weren't playing this game, uh, aside Anthony Davis, we still got a really good performance uh, in the second half. So the Clippers came out on top in this game, 111-110. Marcus Morris Sr. had a game high, oh, excuse me, a team high, 29 points. Reggie Jackson had 25 points. Serge Ibaka had a really good game. He had 20 and eight. And then Luke Kennard had 10 off the bench. Anthony Davis had 30 points and 17 rebounds. It was kind of slow at the beginning of the game. It just didn't feel like a regular Lakers-Clippers game, at least since Kawhi joined the team. But it was it was definitely uh, picking up in the second half. Reggie wasn't there too much. He had a big three to close the half. I believe that could have got him going in the second. He decided to attack the rim. He was really aggressive at getting there. The Lakers didn't provide much resistance for him. And in the end, he just kept getting downhill, making plays. Marcus Morris was great the entire night. He went 11 of 16, including 6 of 7 from 3. He was just hitting pretty much everything. Uh, He had a nice shake on AD. That was beautiful. I tweeted that in my game thread. You guys can find it. 
I actually made that thread uh, right before the trade happened, so it got uh, destroyed amongst those tweets. But <laughs> anyway, uh, Anthony Davis uh, helped the team, the Lakers, storm back in the third, and they just kept getting momentum in the fourth. The Clippers only scored 17 points in the fourth and went on those typical droughts that we do not like to see. But in the end, in the last few minutes, we got a really exciting game. We saw big baskets from Malik Monk where he got an offensive rebound and one. He hit a big three. We saw uh, good takes by Reggie to the basket, uh, whether it was a layup or when he kicked it out to Luke, who gave a one more to Morris, who hit a big three to take the lead, followed by an alley to AD, and then finished off with a Reggie Jackson skip to my loot, spin move split, game-winning floater, Wow. That the last two minutes were worth the price of admission. It reminds me of one of those uh Spanish games I've seen that no coach called a timeout. And they just went back and forth. But anyway, Jack, that game exhausted me at the end. I was very stressed. And at the beginning, I didn't think I would be that stressed. What were your initial takeaways from that game? What a game. Well, Justice Winslow and Bledsoe and Keon Johnson didn't hit a game winner or buzzer beater that game. So maybe the buzzer beater game winner is cursed. Reggie hit one and didn't get traded the day after. So that was good to see. But yeah, I thought the Clippers had a good game plan again going into this. And as soon as, as it started, you know, you had Serge was getting some easy buckets. So that gave him confidence. As you said, he had a great game and uh, LAC film on Twitter. He he called out the he predicted the surge good game so that was that was pretty cool it's a good prediction by him and yeah morris also just was going off that game on fire from three two and yeah like i said i like the clippers game plan uh, as soon as austin reeves checked in bledsoe also checked in and was just going at him right away austin reeves great great player great gem the clipper uh, i mean the lakers got in the draft but he's also a rookie and Bledsoe's a vet very very strong with great pace so bledsoe just ruthlessly attacked him his strength and pace was just too much for Reeves. He was getting easy layups and ones. And so that was a great sign. And on the Lakers side, Monk and AD, they certainly gave us trouble. Their pick and roll was really tough to guard. It was either Monk or it was AD finishing. Um, Zubak didn't play, so that was really tough in defending the rim. They were able to get way more easy looks around the rim, which is what the Lakers like to do. Uh, There's also in the first half, there's a lot of silly fouls by the Clippers, and that kind of kept the Lakers in it. But then in the third quarter, we tightened things up on offense and defense, got out to that big lead. And then, of course, the Lakers had to make a comeback. And that, as you said, that finish was just unbelievable. The Reggie spin move. Westbrook actually had a really good end of the game. He was pretty clutch with his – he made some great passes, some great buckets to give him the lead. And as Westbrook does, though, right as Reggie does that spin move, he's coming over for the double arm. Like, no, Westbrook's going to steal it. He's gonna, they're going to trap him. This is not good. And Westbrook takes this weird angle that just allows Reggie to spin and get an easy layup floater kind of shot. So thank goodness for that. And then somehow we let Anthony Davis get nearly all the way into the paint for a floater that goes in and out. That photo of it was, you know, going viral on Twitter about – how deep that ball was in there. So that was pretty wild. But yeah, it was just a great game. Clippers Lakers games are always super entertaining. And hey, Bledsoe for his final game, seven, three, and seven with a steal. Pretty solid final game with the Clippers. You know, I I, we'll, I kind we'll of take it. We'll take I it. Felt, I felt it was a trade me game. Like uh the rehear- I feel like because these guys are going off before the deadline. Like Harris Lever had like 22 in the first tonight. Um 
I felt like when Serge was getting switches on these small guards so easily and going up, he was just that. That was honestly the best game we saw from Serge, in my opinion, and stat line wise, at least. He actually did play pretty well in the first time they matched up uh, when they went two bigs, but. That, I can't believe how easy it was for him to score. They would just get an initial switch, and it'd be super easy, and they'd get him on a guard, and they would just feed him in the post, and he would just jump hook, and then he would roll hard. But, yeah. But Bledsoe in the first half I thought was huge. Uh, he had seven assists this game, and he had some nice plays in the first. He didn't do too much in the second half. He had a turnover and then a technical at one point, which was kind of tough. But, God, I it felt like – those those guys are on the trade block just based on how well they did. Like Marcus Morts at 29. I, I don't know what's gonna happen, but it kind of felt like that. Like what what are the other times we saw trades? Like right after a great performance. Tobias game winner. Yeah, um, Tobias. Um, I think Blake's trade was like a little bit after he hit that buzzer beater against oh, Portland. Portland. Yeah. Like we've seen we've well, literally been, seen it may this have been stuff. after he hit a game. Oh, I forget about Blake. He may have hit a game winner against like the Kings or something like that. I forget. Yeah, I know he had one against Portland, and I do remember yeah, that one trade. But that good look. It's it's like the basketball gods are trying to tell you something. Like when they play well, mm-hmm. like that they're, they're like trying to tell the GMs like this is what you could have. Just do it. Just pull exactly. it exactly. And that it that's literally what it felt like. So if if this if these are the tea leaves. We are not going to see Marcus Morris or Serge Ibaka. Uh, I believe Farbod from Sports Illustrated tweeted that he has, if you were to take a guess, that uh, the team would trade Morris, Ibaka, or Covington for a point guard. And I could see that happening because those are the bigger salaries, and that's the best value you can get for a point guard. You have the depth uh, at the wing spot. You trade Ibaka, you're down to only one healthy center, in Hartenstein. So we got to see what happens there. Uh, Nico Batum had a quote. He said, we need surge. So I don't know. It's yeah, it's going to be interesting what they do about surge, because I know we saw Hartenstein play really well this year. And it was kind of like, Oh yeah, surge can just go. And then surge was kind of struggling, but it's weird. Some games surge just plays better than him. Some day, some games I heart plays better. I honestly like, man, it wouldn't shock me if they just kept surge Hardenstein and Zubak in case like maybe Zubak has an injury or Hardenstein or Ibaka or someone has an injury and they have that extra big because Ibaka sometimes plays really well. Hardenstein plays really well. Obviously Zubak, he's our starting center every time. So I don't know. It's a weird situation. The Clippers kind of may have to make a tough decision because Ibaka, like you said, had a group, probably his best game of the year there. Hardenstein didn't play too well. So then, you know, what if it's a playoff scenario and they got to, maybe play Ibaka over him or play Hartenstein over Ibaka. So yeah, it's a tough decision. Front front office definitely has some, some tough decisions to make. Yeah. I kind of hope they keep him. It was weird too. Like surge had a great game and then Hartenstein had a quiet game. Like he couldn't stop fouling in the first half. He was getting muscled by Dwight. Mm-hmm. Um, he had six points, but he was a team low minus 12, but that was, exactly. that was kind of, I was kind of surprised that he didn't play that well, but Again, that, those bigs are kind of tough, I would say, for him a little bit. Dwight's just stronger. AD is one of the best bigs in the game. He kind of took over that third. And, and I thought he was going to play the entire fourth, too. I thought he wouldn't uh, get taken out, but thankfully he did. And 
the Clippers kind of uh, stopped the bleeding a little bit. Uh, it did get down to 94 or 90. And then when Reggie came back in, he kind of helped them get back into it. He had a transition layup. Then he put AD in the mix, got into the basket, and then he kind of really just took off in that second half. I, I don't think they win that game if he doesn't go off and without the steadiness of Marcus Morris. So, God, that was just an exhilarating game at the end, at least. The first half, yes. it, didn't, it was just <laughs> dead. It, it fell kind of exhausting. Yeah, a lot of free throws, a lot of just slow ball. But, yeah, they had six go-ahead field goals in the final 65 seconds of regulation, tied for most in a game in the last 25 seasons. So, that's that's – that's a really that, is, wasn't exciting. that is a great NBA Finish. product. If, if all the stars were playing and that happened, that, that might've been one of the best regular season games of the year. Um, totally. And yeah, also Amir coffee, quiet game, only one basket uh, for three points. He only, he had four rebounds, was, but he was a plus eight. So that was good. He didn't play much to our standards. At least he had 24 minutes as a starter. He didn't see much in the second half, but that was uh, it's okay if Amir has a bad game, I would say, especially because on this team, it feels like everybody eats, and it's going to be a different guy each time. That's why I, tr- I have a friend that does prop bets, and he'll ask me stuff about the Clippers. And I always tell him not to bet on them because you don't oh, know. The hardest who- team to bet on. Yeah, you don't know who's going to go off. Like one of them bet uh, over points, rebounds, assists for Amir Coffee. And I was like, uh, I don't know if you could trust him yet. And this team is just different. The starting lineups could be different each game. I mean, we, this one with Reggie, Amir, uh, Nico, Morris, and then Zubots when he's healthy is pretty was pretty consistent from what they had when everyone was healthy. But it's changing, and it's going to change again once uh, Powell and Covington get there. So, yeah. Anything else on that Laker game before we move on? Um, I mean – Again, it was just a, a wild, wild finish, like we said. And shout out to Reggie for coming through in the second half. I'm pretty sure he had 22 of his 25 in, in the second half. And I believe so, too. I feel like he does that so many times this year. The first half, he'll struggle. He'll linger a- around. And then second half, boom, just guns a-blazing. He's lining it up and going at AD and ISOs, lighting threes over him, just getting to where he wants. The offense got a little weird with him at the end. Some deep into the shot clock, chuck up shots, but... At the end of the day, he comes through for that spin move floater. That's the Reggie experience. Love yeah. him so much. <laughs> that, yeah, it's funny you bring that up because the 25-point comeback against Denver, where they only scored 20 points or 28 points in the first half, Reggie was scoreless. I believe he was scoreless until the fourth quarter. He was playing terrible. And then Yeah, I, that game was he was really off. Yeah, I tweeted, I said, Do you even bring Reggie back into this game? And I couldn't have looked more incorrect and more of a novice covering the sport of basketball when he came back and literally took him home, similar to what he did this game. That's when he attacked Jokic. Uh, he had that poster on Jokic. That was uh, – that is – you're right. It's the Reggie experience. And honestly, I think it makes the Clipper fans love him because you get, you get both uh, spectrums when you get Reggie, you get like the agonizing frustration when he plays poorly, but when the highs are high, like really oh. high, like, yup. Like the play dancing after a win. Yeah. Oh, it's, there's no better feeling. There's no better feeling than a Reggie dance after a victory. Yeah. He's 
Yeah, he's definitely a Clipper favorite for sure. So shout out Reggie. Um, let's take one more quick break and then we're going to move on to our last segment where we talk about Tyloo's quote in regards to Kawhi possibly not coming back this season. All right, and we're back. And after the game, it was a lot of good mood, um, good messages, good spirits. But then Tyloo dropped pretty sad bomb on everyone in the fact that in his post-game presser, when asked about the team, he said, quote, the enjoyment I get from this team, we know Kawhi's probably not going to come back. We don't know the status of PG, but these guys continued to just keep fighting every single night. So it, they, he, they also clarified that he said he's not a doctor and he's just hoping for the best. And I think everyone's just hoping for the best now. I don't know how much this trade affects how the return process is going to be. I don't know if it's like, hey, we need Norman Powell because Kawhi's not going to play at all. We're going to need extra scoring with PG. Is PG going to come back? That one's uncertain. But, God, what just a roller coaster of emotions for Clipper fans. Just felt like dead that beginning of the Laker game to the joy of going up, to the fear of going down, to the euphoria of winning at the last second, to the Ty Lue bomb that Kawhi could p- potentially not play this season to the Norman Powell and Covington trade this morning. God, these 24 hours are disgusting. I can't, I can't take this. Um, anyway, Jack, what do you make of uh, what Ty Lue said in the postgame presser last night? Yeah, well, first things first, if you hear my parents yelling in the background, Sorry about that. They're loud. Mom's from New York. Dad's from Australia. They got loud voices. Well, yeah. (laughs) Shout out Perth, uh, where my dad's from. But yeah, I mean, it does suck to to hear that, but we kind of expected it. Um, We kind of expected it. And then we heard from, from, you know, Serge that he's still working. And then we heard from other reports and him kind of, and Tyloo kind of clarifying, like it's still, up in the air. So it's not like a definite, he wasn't saying like, Oh yeah, for sure. Kawhi's not coming back, but yeah, it probably is likely that he isn't coming back. It's kind of expected. It's hard to really be super, super mad about it because, you know, let's say we're in the play in, we get the seventh or eighth seed could be hard to really win a championship. If we get Kawhi, even if we get Kawhi and PG back, but at the same time, it would be kind of cool. If we get Kawhi and PG back and we're like a seventh, eighth seed and we're kind of, you know, we're going at Phoenix or Golden State, that could still be fun. Um, but ah, it does just sucks to hear him hear him say those words. But we hope Kawhi gets better soon. And also PG. Hopefully, maybe after all-star break, PG can hopefully avoid surgery and, and make his way back. Because this team without him is just rolling right now, especially with Norman Powell being added and Robert Covington. Yeah, the um, what do you call it? I think you should just bank on Kawhi not returning. I mean, they haven't ruled him out yet. Like they haven't said he's done for the season. Like they haven't put anything out. I think they'll wait and see how his body reacts. They'll see the actual calendar timeline uh, of where he's supposed to be uh, if he passes tests to get cleared. But the PG one. Uh, Miriam Swanson, OC Register, I believe, had an article from a doctor that said that amongst basketball players, that UCL injury tear in the elbow is 
uh, does not usually require surgery for basketball players. So that's good news. His recovery is pretty long, but that is the case for these types of injuries. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. It, even Tyler said it's uncertain for PG to return, so we don't know yet. But we'll see, man. That that That's literally the the motto of the season. Like, we just have to see what's going to happen because I would just love to see PG out there with that new lineup. Um Reggie, Powell, uh, PG, Nico, Zubots. Then that bench is pretty loaded. Also, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pr- predict the rotation. If uh, Morris isn't there, you're gonna have Covington at the four, Ibaka at the five, Man Canard at the wings, and then whatever point guard they decide to get. So, or maybe have Powell run the one. As, as your backup or Amir Coffee at your one. It, they, got, they have insane depth now. I think it's going to be an exciting uh, end to the season no matter what. We may get Lakers, Clippers playing, and that would be all sorts of levels of toxicity that we should just welcome at this point. <laughs> but Twitter God. may just break at that point. No, no matter who wins, it's going to be nasty. It's going to be rough. Yeah, Twitter will break. Yeah, but... Especially because it's one game. It's not going to be like a series. That's what makes it box office, in my opinion. (laughs) Exactly. You already know, like, like, let's say the Clippers win. We're going to be holding that against the Laker fans forever. Let's say Lakers win. They're going to be holding against Clipper fans forever. So it'll be some exciting stuff either way. Yeah. I mean, I'm reminded of the Lakers-Warriors game last season. Where it was, Ooh, was just fun. really good game, just super exciting. That with the Clippers could be great, even with, uh, even without PG, I think it could still be pretty interesting. But I don't know. I now my mood's all down because now we're t- talking about Kawhi potentially not coming back after we were super excited about the trade. I'm still happy about the trade. There's still stuff that I am upset about, not upset, just a little down, like Marcus Morris potentially leaving. I'm a big Marcus Morris fan, if you guys can't tell. Um, and then <laughs> I think he'll stay. I predict Marcus Morris will be on the team after the deadline. That's my Jack prediction. Jack, you are like the most optimistic child I've ever met. So everything <laughs> no, I say, just believe, I yes, believe. Your belief is literally the top of the top. And I buy that about <laughs> you because I. All right. So let's, okay. Let's put something on it. Do you think Marcus Morris will not be on the team after the deadline? Oh, you want to put money on it? Yeah. Let's put something on it or like something. I don't know anything. Let's put money on it because I can't think of anything else. Um, bet. This is a live bet happening live on the podcast, everyone. All right. I'll bet you $20. He's not on the team after Ooh, the deadline. That's locked. I'm, locked. I'm accepting right. the bet. All locked. Right. I can't I literally can't lock next episode. Yeah, lock it in. Ooh. It's in, and that is gonna so do the trade it. deadlines oh, no, next Thursday, right? Next Thursday, February tenth. Yeah. At, okay. Uh, so yeah, about a, about a yeah. less than a week. So next episode might be like right after that, probably. So okay. Yes. Boom. Boom. We'll, there, we'll figure it out then. Well, there you guys go. If you made it this far, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate you guys supporting us listening to our episodes feel free to follow us and rate us on apple Podcasts, spotify 
again, we really appreciate the support from everyone that listens to us and that follows us on Twitter and interacts with us. It, it makes the season so much fun, even without the star power. It's, it's even a special product because of the players. But again, thank you guys. Uh, this is another episode of Courtside. We'll be back at it again next week. And as always, go Clips. We love you guys. Go Clips.